0: Well, we've been, over the last several weeks, dining with Jesus, and I know we many of us last Sunday after church went off to our different places and gatherings where we had a nice Easter meal, which probably consisted of things like ham and potato salad and all those sort of yummy things that you have at at Easter. But we also have been dining with Jesus every Sunday morning, and we've been seeing how there's a lot of Times that Jesus in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, uh, the Gospels of, of of God's Word, how he there was a lot of experiences that took place and a lot of great stories, a lot of ministry, a lot of life change that took place while he was hanging out with people eating, and so uh, there's more than I ever really thought and ever imagined. So we're going to continue with that, and actually this was going to be one message, but as I put it together this week, it turned into three. So you'll be thankful that we're not going to be here till about one o'clock this afternoon, and we're going to actually spread this out over three weeks, how the Lord just began to unpack some stuff uh, in my studies this week. So we're going to really tag off of what Cameron just um, shared in his song. The, the title of his song is Look to Christ, and what he just shared about that how we can get our eyes off of Him and onto situations in our life. And so the title of this message today is Recognizing Jesus. Recognizing Jesus. So first off, I want you to say with me this morning that scripture that we've been saying every week together, and it starts off with, oh, taste and see. Would you say it with me? Oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Would you say it again with me? Oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Now, as we've been going through these last several weeks, I hope that you've been getting a lot out of this, but today, I'd like to begin with a question for us to to answer to ourselves, and that is, how many of you feel like that you're just too busy? Some of you can say it out loud if you want to, but you can see it to yourselves as well. How many feel like you're just too busy? How many gets up before the sun rises, Lance, (laughs) hits the ground running, I talked with you about this a couple of weeks ago, so this is kind of, it reminds me of what you said. You get up before the sunrise, you hit the ground running, and you look back on the day wondering where the hours went. How many knows what I'm talking about, right? Like, what just happened? You're exhausted at the end of the day. You're spent. You're burned out. You're worn down physically. You're worn down emotionally and mentally and spiritually from all the demands of any given day. And then there's another one waiting for you just like it, just a few short hours later. <laughs> So you think, if you can just get through this day, all oh, it's going to be good tomorrow. No, it's going to start again tomorrow. Reset. And then you jump on this hamster wheel and you do it all over again, doing your best to stay one step ahead of the demands of life, one step ahead of the bill collector. You're just like a surfer trying to stay in that sweet spot on the pipeline. You ever seen those videos where they in Hawaii where they're surfing and there's this wave that's crashing over them? A little bit ahead of it, that's not good. A little bit behind it, it's really not good. They got to stay in that sweet spot in that pipeline of those waves that are curling above their head, threatening to crash over them if they don't stay in that place in that timing that's just right. And that's kind of how sometimes life feels. But by the way, this is not God's plan for your life. God has a place of rest for us. God has a place of safety for us. He has a place of refreshing for us, a place of of communion where we spend time with him and we can meet with him, we can get our spirits renewed. This is one of those times, I trust, but it's also throughout our week. What he wants us to do is as we spend time with him and we commune with him, he wants us to reflect on our hope that we have in him as we look to Christ, as we get excited about him, and so that we can tell others about him. How many And again, this is a rhetorical question I don't want you to answer, but I want you to ask yourself, how many is really excited about Jesus to the point where you want to tell others about him? You remember when you got excited about Jesus when you first heard about him and you got saved? It's like, man, I got to tell the world. Are you still there? I'm not asking you to answer it out loud, but this is something that we need to ask ourselves. Have we gotten Not as excited about Jesus like we used to. Because when you hear good news, when something good happens to you, you want to tell somebody about it, don't you? I mean, good news is hard to to keep to yourself. But How how many of us have gotten to the point where we've just gotten comfortable with Jesus and, and not really excited to the point where we want to tell others about him? As you spend time with him, as you continue to pursue him, that excitement will remain and it'll actually grow and you'll tell others about him. Now, here's, here's what happens though. Satan, really what he tries to do is he doesn't want you to spend time with Jesus. Oh, if he can keep you from spending time in his word, from spending time in prayer, from spending time and just engaging with him in a relationship, then he wins and you lose. Satan tries in every way that he can to lure you away from time with Jesus with busy activities with urgent responsibilities, even with harmful habits. Whatever he can do to keep you from growing in Jesus, Satan will throw it out you. And if Satan can't keep you from believing in Jesus, he's going to try to keep you so busy and distracted that you don't have time to take or time to make time to spend with Jesus. Because Satan knows the more time you spend with him, the more that you'll be like Jesus. And the more that you become like Jesus, the greater good that you can do for God's kingdom and the more damage you can do to Satan's kingdom. So Satan keeps us busy and he keeps us distracted. Satan does not want us to recognize Jesus. He doesn't want us to look to Christ. He doesn't want us to walk in the hope that we have in Jesus He doesn't want us to get excited about Jesus. He doesn't want us to tell others about Jesus. He doesn't want us to recognize his voice, his instructions, his guidance, his help. He just does everything he can to keep us ineffective. You know, Jesus described our relationship with him like this. These are the words of Jesus in John 10, 27. He says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Did you know that the relationship between a sheep And shepherd are really interesting in that the sheep recognize the voice of that particular shepherd. If that shepherd calls out and whatever instructions, whatever sort of thing that that shepherd says, the sheep will respond immediately to that voice of the shepherd. You probably have heard this too, and as a child, your children, when they were younger and they were in a room of a bunch of other kids and that your one child screams out in pain or screams out in some sort of, to get your attention, you recognize the voice of that child, don't you? Why? Because you've been around that child enough. You know the voice of that child, like the back of your hand, as they say. That's how it is with Jesus. The, the more we spend time with him, the more you're going to recognize his voice, and you're going to respond to him accordingly. But Satan, what he wants to do is he wants to estrange us from Jesus as much as possible. And he wants to keep us from recognizing Jesus' voice because he hates that you have any sort of relationship with Jesus. Over the next three Sundays, I want us to look back at three times after Jesus rose from the dead where he appeared to people that he knew and that he loved, but because of circumstances in their life, These people did not at first recognize him. It's three different times. Now, what kept them from recognizing him, and what does this mean to us today? More than just an interesting story from 2,000 years ago, we can apply this to our lives today. Here's the first encounter that I want us to look at. It's found in Luke chapter 24, if you will turn with me, starting in verse 13. And it's these two men that are on the road to a town called Emmaus, on the day that Jesus actually was resurrected from the dead. So they were headed that way that afternoon after all the events of that morning. Here Here we go, starting in verse 13. It says, now that same day, which is Resurrection Sunday, two of them, two of the disciples, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened that weekend, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the trial, all the things. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Now, they were kept from recognizing him. As, as you read that, you can take it two different ways. Either the, Jesus cloaked himself from them, or they were so concerned with the cares of this world that they didn't recognize him that way, that they were looking at the circumstances instead of looking to Jesus. He asked him, Jesus asked the disciples, what are you discussing together as you walk along? That's a very important question. We'll come back to that. What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces down. That's another important part of this description of this account of what's going on. there. Their faces were down. They were discouraged. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus asked All about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, the chief priest, and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they they did not see Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Well, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, and broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembling together and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Such an interesting story. There's so many things about this. So let's dive in. If you will, get your pens and paper out and take some notes. I believe that you're going to be encouraged by this. And as you do, let's bow our heads in prayer. Holy Spirit, come and make this word today a rhema word for us, a now word for us. We need you, Holy Spirit, to illuminate your word to our hearts. We lay aside every distraction. Everything that would try to steal away this beautiful meal that you want to serve us today these tools that we can apply to our lives, these weapons that we can use to combat the enemy. Lord, today we receive your word with clarity, with gladness, with encouragement. Minister to our hearts your word, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for these things in advance of what you're going to do here today. And all God's people said amen. So Jesus asked this question to these two men. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Let me ask you this question today. Would you recognize Jesus if he were to show up in your life today or are you too distracted? Let me ask you this question, what are you talking about? What are you, what what is your conversations? Jesus was asking these men, what are you discussing together as you walk along this 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 path, this this journey? So Jesus is asking us this same question, what do you tend to discuss with people? as you walk along in your day-to-day? That's an important question for us to ask ourselves. Let's ask ourselves that question this morning. Let me just kind of peel this back. What comes out of your mouth on a regular basis? What are you talking about? Do you talk about current events? Maybe. I mean, the current events of the day, I'll tell you what, they can suck you in. They can suck you dry. And they can get us depressed and discouraged, can't they? I mean, you... No matter what network you watch, no matter what news uh, channel that you're connected to through your phones or on television or whatever, I mean, there's just no good news out there. I mean, why do we expose ourselves to stuff like that? Because that that junk in, it's going to be junk out, right? Because you are what you eat. So if you consume... The woke agenda and the ways of what's going on in our government and the things in the world and the natural disasters and, oh me, oh my, oh goodness me, what are we going to do when we wring our hands in fear? And it comes in, we just got to, we got to tell people about it. We got to talk about how awful things are in the world, in my life, in my family. And it's not to deny that those things are in, in existence. Yeah, it is awful out there. And yeah, we are dealing with awful things in our family and in our in our relationships and maybe in our lives we're dealing with some diagnoses and things that are going on in our lives. We don't deny that. But what keeps coming out of our mouths? Let's kind of set that aside for just a second and realize that as we get this stuff come in, what do we do with it? Does it come out? And if so, how? So here's that one. When we, by the way, when we read these headlines and stuff, when we face certain situations in our life, we can think that God, that Jesus is long gone. He's just left us here to fend for ourselves. And we're hopeless and helpless and doomed, ultimately, if we're not careful. But he has not left us. I'm so thankful for that. But just the news of the day, the current events, there's that. How about this one? Do you tend to talk about other people? Hmm. Oh, uh uh-oh. Now we're getting the metal in here. If your conversations quickly skew towards talking about how much you don't like so and so, or why you why so and so acts or talks or thinks a certain way, or how much you disagree with, or are better than, or how frustrated you are with so and so, then maybe you need to stop and consider why so and so has gotten to live rent free in your brain for so long. And then reconsider with what and who you would rather be consumed. Listen, everybody in here has a different opinion, and I say this a lot. Um, everybody's got a belly button. What do I mean by that? Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got different ways of doing it. And there's people that you don't get along with in this Probably even in this building, certainly in your family, in your workplace, at school, in your neighborhood. I mean, I can't believe that you all get along with everybody. There's certain things that rub you wrong with certain people. And if we talk about it, what comes out of our mouth means that it's been in our hearts, it's been in our minds, and these people have, have, have taken ownership. They're, like I said, they're living rent-free. <laughs> so what comes out of our mouth? How about this? Do you talk about yourself? Mm. Do you make sure that all the conversations of which you're a part pivot quickly to the things about you? Some people are experts at this, by the way. Their favorite two words are, me too. And then it comes to them. Most people in this category, by the way, don't even realize that they're doing this, by the way. So this particular question may sure enough fall on some deaf ears today. But believe me, there are a lot of people who exclusively talk about themselves. And these people go through their day making it all about them, how great they are, how spiritual they are, how blessed they are, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I, I've got to meet some of these perfect people, by the way. It's, all these people that have it all together on social media, I want to see how they do it. They're just perfect. You know what I'm talking about, those people? But here's the fact, no one is perfect. In fact, as you pull back from their strategically framed picture that they post on social media, the perfect, strategically, you pull it back just a little bit, you're going to see on the outskirts the things you don't see, some screaming kids, a messy house, and a dysfunctional life. Because nobody's perfect. The point is, when Jesus asked the disciples, and therefore he's asking us today, what are you discussing together as you walk? What he's really asking us is, and calling us to, is to be intentional in what we talk about. We need to be reminded of our hope that we have in Jesus. As Cameron just sang that song, look to Christ. Listen, we need to get our eyes off of the current events. We need to get our eyes off of other people. We need to get our eyes off of ourselves. And we need to be reminded of the hope that we have in Jesus. You see, what Jesus is actually doing, and in the story that we read today, he's encouraging, encouraging us to think on the good things that are in his word. The promises, the revelations, the instruction, the, even the, the discipline that is in his word. He's prompting us to reflect on the promises that, that are yes and amen. Aren't you thankful for God's promises today? In fact, His promises, everything that is going on in current events in our world, in our family, in our personal lives, with people, whatever, there's always an answer, a remedy. There's always instruction. There's always help found in God's Word that's always going to counter that, support it, instruct it in our lives. He's calling us today, based on this story that we read with Jesus and these two disciples, to come out from the noise of the world... And to meditate on his word and to allow his spirit to let his word become a now word, an alive word, a help to us that brings health to our bones and life to our spirit. Amen? He's wanting to show us that these current events, this day-to-day grind, these turbulent times in which we're living are not escaping him. That's what Jesus did with these two men. Jesus, in essence, was calling in the back. He says, Stop dwelling on what happened today, on what happened this weekend. As if there's no hope. If you remember in the text, the guys were saying, Man, all that happened. And we thought that he was going to be the savior of of the nation of Jerusalem, of the nation of Israel, rather, and they went and killed him. All of our hope is dashed. See, they were distraught, they were discouraged, their heads were down. But then Jesus came and he says, but let me remind you of what God's word says about this Messiah that you're so upset about that happened. I'm going to start with Moses and go through the prophets and I'm going to remind you of the promises in God's word. Let me redirect you off of the current things that are going on and back onto the eternal. Stop dwelling on what happened and know that there is hope instead. There is hope today. There is hope in your life today, church. There is hope in your life today, brother and sister in the Lord. Because our hope is not in the world, in the world's systems, or in anybody else. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. Would you look to Christ today? All of God's promises are true. All of the prophecy in His Word has been is being, and will be fulfilled 100%. Because God is still in control. I'll say it again. God is still in control. I'll be more specific. The God that we serve is still in control. Jesus is still the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Amen? Psalm one. Verses 1 through 3 starts off, it says, Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in the steps of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or take seat or, or sit in the company of mockers. In other words, I'm not going to hang out with what's going on out here, with what I'm reading and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. Instead, it says... But those who delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Those are the ones who's blessed. I'm going to take God's word this morning. If you've got the, your Bible in front of you, hold it tight. And just say, "Say, God, thank you for this. Oh, thank you for this right here. Because it's going to... It, uh, help me Now, help me, Lord, to delight in this word that you've given me, this, this beautiful book. Help me, Lord, not to, to take delight in it, but to meditate on it. To let it be my instruction, my guide, the light before me. My hope, my help, my strength. Blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night. That sounds like all the time to me. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season, whose leaves don't wither. Whatever they do prospers. Oh, what a great promise. In the midst of the desert, in the midst of the the trauma, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, we are like trees planted by the streams of living water. It doesn't matter what else is going on because our roots are going down deep and being nourished by the presence of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, by the power of God, by the people of God. I'm so thankful for his word today. I'm so thankful that our roots can go down deep no matter what else is going on. Let your roots go down deep and let, it, let, it, let, let your life and your spirit and your soul be nourished. By the things of God, by His Word, by His Spirit. Church, we can either be discouraged in the depressing news of the day, or we can be delighted in God's powerful Word. It's your choice, and I would, a little spoil alert here, I would say, how about being delighted in God's Word, huh? I don't let, that that doesn't even seem like it even pales in comparison, each one of them, right? You got this discouraging, depressing news of the day, yeah, you know where that's going, or... Being delighted in God's powerful word. I mean, there's no comparison, right? So let's, let's, let's be delighted in God's powerful word, amen? As I said earlier, junk in, junk out. You are what you eat, not just physically, but also spiritually. So if we consume the news of the day, out's going to come strife, out's going to come worry, out's going to come fear, out's going to come doubt. Anxiety is going to rule us. Hopelessness will consume us, and that will be all that we talk about. Or if we focus on other people, then all we're going to do is judge them. We're going to gossip about them. We're going to criticize them. We're going to condemn them. We're going to belittle them. By the way, that's so spiritually arrogant. Who are we to talk bad about others? Let me just remind you of a scripture in Matthew chapter 7, because we focus on the splinter on someone else's eye when we have a log on our own. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, Jesus even said this, don't judge or you're going to be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you're going to be judged. And with the measure you use, it's going to be measured to you. So why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye when you got this giant log coming out of yours? I love that visual. How can you say to your brother, "Let me take that speck out of your eye" when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Again, this is a funny visual. Got this giant log coming out of your eye, and you got a little piece of excuse me, I got this log here, but you got you got a little piece of sawdust in yours. You hypocrite, it says, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you're going to clearly remove the speck on your brother's eye. We sure do get ourselves in a lot of trouble when we talk, don't we? <laughs> Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three says, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from a lot of calamity. In other words, we need to shut our mouths more than we open them. Just turn to someone and say, just shut your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we say it in Christ because that's scriptural, right? Just shut your mouth. Just be quiet, right? You've been wanting to say that a long time to one of that person that you just said. Right? Oh, pastor told me so. <laughs> if you'll shut your mouths more than you open them, it's going to keep you from all sorts of trouble. Or what if we talk, our, talk about ourselves constantly? That's really a sign of immaturity and insecurity. Did you know that? When people talk a lot about themselves, they're really immature and they're really insecure. The spotlight, by the way, really doesn't need to be on you today. It needs to be on Jesus always, always. Jesus said of himself, John 12, 32, and if I, when I am lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself. So it reasons to, to, it reasons to, uh, uh, to believe then if you lift yourself up, People are going to be drawn to you. Oh, you're wonderful. You're spiritual. You're awesome. You're perfect. No, we're not. None of us are. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is perfect. Jesus is beautiful. Man, if you're going to boast, boast of the Lord in your life. Don't boast of yourself. God help us. Let's lift up Jesus in all that we say. Because as we lift up Jesus, people will be drawn to him. Because you see, I don't know about you, but I can't handle the glory, and I can't handle the responsibility that comes with exalting myself. Can you? I hope you will say no to that. I'll answer it for you. No, you can't. There's a whole lot of people in this world that have crashed and burned as they put themselves on a pedestal. You see it with actors and and, and musicians and politicians and all that. They think they're above and beyond everything, and they just crash and burn because they think they're it on a stick. People will disappoint, but Jesus will never fail. It's really best if we exalt Christ in all all that we say and do, and that we stay humble at his feet. Amen. 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 Stay humble before the Lord. Exalt Christ. All this goes back to the things that we talk about, the things that come out of our mouths. And Jesus saw these two men distracted in their hearts and discouraged in their countenance. And Jesus did for them what he wants to do for us today. Jesus was able to pivot these two men and to get their conversation off of the current events and back on the eternal. Back on the hope that they needed to have in Jesus. The current events discouraged these men. Their faces were downcast, but then Jesus pointed them back to the word of God. And the hope that we all have in Jesus that's what we need to talk about. As the words come out of my mouth, as the words come out of your mouth, the Bible says to set a guard, set a guard on your tongue. Make sure that the words that you say are not about fear and worry and doubt and discouragement about the current events. Make sure it's not about your frustrations and your anger and your whatever you have towards other people and make sure that's not about you exalting yourself. Those are just three examples of so many things. Make sure that the words that we say point people to Jesus, exalt Christ, give people a hope. If you go to lunch today and all you talk about is the woe is me's or all you talk about is someone else or all you talk about is yourself, it's an incomplete conversation. Let it be instead that you, if you talk about the woes of the world, or issues going on with people, particularly those two, make sure you always say, nevertheless, God's word says this. Nevertheless, my hope is in Jesus. Nevertheless, I know he's still in control. Nevertheless, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name on Christ, the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand. Doesn't that feel a lot better for me to say that to you and for you to receive that and you say yes, than for me to say, just walk away saying, well, the world's fallen apart. And we just walk off that way and talk about that. How discouraging is that? That gives you no hope. That doesn't build you up in your faith. But if we redirect each other back to the hope that we have in Jesus, it counterbalances all the bad news. And it counterbalances all the feelings that we have about other people to say, but that person I'm so angry with, I pray for them. I pray God will heal them, deliver them, bless them, change them. And that he'll use me to, in some way or other people to, 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 to bring that about. I pray for their soul. or Whatever, you know, let's just turn it. Let's pivot it back to Christ. God redeems, God rescues, God's still in control. I serve a risen Savior who's still in the world today, still in control, and he's coming back soon for us, amen? I'm not going to talk about myself. Ah, I don't want to talk about myself. Please stop talking about yourself. We know you're great. Let's exalt Jesus, okay? All right? Because you see, what happens when we do? When we start talking about Jesus when we start reflecting on his goodness, that he's still in control, when we start ref- reminding ourselves of the eternal things, then we're going to get excited about Jesus. That's what happened with these guys. They were walking along discouraged. Jesus says, yeah, you fools. <laughs> you, 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 you're, you're not thinking right here. He was pretty much just calling them out. He was not being ugly to them. He's just kind of waking them up, and saying, wait a minute, stop thinking about this. Let me tell you about what God's word says. About what just happened. And as they began to listen to Jesus, not recognize him at the moment, it says later on they described it that their hearts began to burn within them as Jesus was talking with them. Now, this is not what we know as heartburn, but this is a sense really what they were saying was, in other words, they got excited, they got stirred, they got redirected, they got refocused. They begin to connect the dots of the current events as it related to the eternal plans of God. Church, that's what we need to do today. The events of today, what's going on, there's an eternal purpose to everything. And I'll say it again, God is still in control. And His plans are being fulfilled. He has not relinquished His control or power to the government or to Satan or anybody else. He is still in control. So everything that's going on today, we've got to know this. Connect it to the eternal. Connected to what God's word says is going on. So that it'll build up our hope and our faith. And we'll begin to look to the hills which come with our help. We lift up to the, our eyes to the hills which cometh our help. We'll look to Christ. Psalm 121 verses 1 through 8 says this very thing. It encourages us by saying, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It doesn't come from the government. It doesn't come from my job. It doesn't come from other relationships. As thankful as I am for the government, my job, and other relationships, my ultimate help, my ultimate help, my ultimate help comes from the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He'll not let your foot slip. Oh, but pastor, he doesn't know my situation. It doesn't say unless you have a certain thing. No, he said... I will not let your foot slip, period, no matter what. You can throw whatever you want to at him and say, yeah, but. He's like, there is no yeah, buts in here. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. In other words, he's like, oh, how did that happen? I must have been dozed off. I took a little cat nap there and that thing happened in their life. And I, oh, I got to come. Oh, now what do I do? He never sleeps, the Bible says. He never slumbers, the Bible says. He's always there 100% of the time. 100% of him is with you 100% of the time. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I'll say it again in this way. He who watches over you will never slumber or sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand, and the sun is not going to harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from most harm. The Lord will keep you from some harm. The Lord will keep you from just just a couple of things of harm. No, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming, and the Lord will watch over your going, Both now and forevermore. I don't know how much more complete we can make it. I don't know how much more complete God's Word can be to encourage us that as we meditate on His Word day and night, we will stay focused, we will be strengthened, we will be hope-filled, and we'll be able to walk victoriously in the midst of everything that's happening. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath his cleansing blood. The good old hymn of the church. So true today. Our victory is in Christ. I find it interesting that in this encounter. That the men's eyes were truly open. And only open. When Jesus sat with them and broke bread with them. Up until that point. They felt like something was going on. But they weren't quite sure. In other words. These two men sat and had communion with Jesus. They communed with him. They they dined with him. So that's where we're going with this, dining with Jesus. All the while they weren't dining with Jesus, but when they sat down and actually had broke bread and communed with him, spent time with him. As soon as he broke that bread, their eyes were open. They said, hey, you're Jesus. (laughs) They sat down from their busy day, their long journey, and they consumed the Bread of Life, capital B, capital L. Jesus is the Bread of Life. They tasted and they saw that the Lord was good. Jesus actually said about himself in John six thirty five, I am the Bread of Life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever leaves in me will never be thirsty. See, they got excited about Jesus. As soon as he broke bread, they realized it was him, they didn't say, well, it's been a long journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. We're already here in our little motel place here, and the sun's starting to set. So we'll just tell these guys about it tomorrow after a good night's sleep, because it's been a long, weary day, and whew, I'm just, I'm bushed. It doesn't say that. What it said in our text was they got so excited. And keep in mind, they had already said, Jesus, why don't you stay with us, because the day's almost over, and we need you to stay with us? They didn't say, Jesus, but hey, why don't you stay with us? sun's getting ready to set, stay with us. So we knew kind of what time it was. It was the sun was low in the sky. So they didn't wait. It says they immediately got up and they ran back to Jerusalem in their weariness, in their maybe not so much confusion, but just trying to put everything together. They was just you know, It was a busy day. They heard that he rose again. They weren't sure. His tomb was empty and they're talking about it. And then this guy shows up and then it's been a long, tiring day, but I'm going back to Jerusalem right now. They got so excited, they jumped up and went and told the others about their encounter with Jesus that night. Never mind the weariness from the day's journey. Never mind that it was almost evening. Never mind that they hadn't even eaten. I mean, it didn't even say that, we'll just grab some, we've got to eat this first because we're hungry. They left immediately. Food still on the table. When we spend time with Jesus, we too, we'll also get excited, so excited that we can't help but tell others the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter how weary, no matter how, uh, what might be going on in your life, whatever's going on around you, when you allow yourself to be reminded of the hope that you have in Jesus, when you spend time with Jesus, you'll refocus your lives to his purposes and tell others about him because you can't, Keep good news to yourself. How many remembers the singer Andre Crouch back from the 70s? Some of you weren't born yet, so that's all right. He sang this song. It just came to my heart this week as I was um, putting this message together. It's entitled, I'm going to keep on singing. And it goes like this. And I'm going to need your help with this, okay? So when I point to you during the verse, I want you to echo what I just said, okay? Okay? Not going to be hard, I promise, but it goes like this. The chorus goes like this. I'm going to keep on singing. I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to keep on lifting my voice and let the world know that Jesus saves. How many you remembers that song? I'm going to keep on singing. Sing with me. I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to keep on lifting my voice and let the world know Jesus saves. Now here's the verse so many lonely people all over the world the blessed words of Jesus they have never heard if I don't go if I don't go if you don't go if we don't go How will they know I can't keep it to myself? I gotta tell somebody else. I'm gonna keep on lifting my voice and let the world know Jesus saves. Here, sing with me. I'm gonna keep on singing. I'm gonna keep on shouting. I'm gonna keep on shouting. I'm gonna keep lifting my voice. I'm gonna keep on lifting my voice and let the world know Jesus saves. Now, clap your hands and sing with me. I'm gonna keep on singing. Shouting, come on. I'm gonna keep on shouting, lifting my voice. I'm going to keep on lifting my voice and let the world know Jesus saves. Come on, give him praise. Hey man, you did good. (laughs) Hey, we'll take this on the road. Man, that was good. So what do you find yourself consumed with and talking about in your day-to-day? Current events? Others? Yourself? Jesus says, How about redirecting your thoughts on me and my word? How about spending time in communion with me? Recognize my voice as the sheep recognizes the shepherd's voice. Hear my voice. Keep your eyes on me is what he's saying. In the midst of all that's going on, I will keep my eyes fixed on you, the author and the finisher of my faith. When you do, as you do, there's gonna be some stirring that's going on in your heart. The embers of hope in your heart, the Holy Spirit will fan it into flame. There's gonna be an excitement that you're gonna get about Jesus, maybe that's diminished over the years, maybe that's been hampered and tamped down from the circumstances in your life. Ah, he's gonna blow the embers back into flame again to the point where you're going to get excited about Jesus like you used to be to the point where you can't help but tell others the good news because good news is meant to be shared so are you busy are you distracted let me encourage you to set time aside to commune with Jesus every single day let your prayer be as found in Psalm 141 3, set a guard over my mouth, and Lord, keep watch over the doors of my lips. And also let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my God and my Redeemer. It starts with redirecting your hope back to Jesus. So if Jesus were to show up today, would you recognize his voice? If the answer is, I'm not sure then how about let's start today as the sheep that we are getting to hear and recognize the voice of our shepherd once more. Amen? Chris, could you come up for just, just a little bit and play the guitar for me? And uh, for those that are viewing from home as well, just want to encourage you right now, and it's not so much the position of our bodies that matters is the position of our hearts but I think it's good for us to stand if you will this morning if you can't that's fine but at least stand in your heart and let's stand before the Lord Jesus now he says my sheep know my voice and so here's what I want to pray for today that we'll recognize Jesus recognize his voice would you bow your heads in prayer today Father this this is an encouraging word for me as I hope it is for all of us as the current events and people in our lives and circumstances and situations that would cause us to talk a lot about the worries and about the fears and about the concerns and about the frustrations and about the situations Lord would you just bridle our tongue with your Holy Spirit and connect our tongue with your word and the promises in your word and the hope that we have in you and let, let us always counterbalance yeah, this is going on in the world this is going on in my life this is stuff that's happening that's bringing fear and frustration and all these things but yet your word let your word rise up in us let us always counterbalance what's going on with saying nevertheless God's word says nevertheless Jesus is still in control nevertheless I'm going to pray for that person nevertheless I trust in your word Jesus help us to always redirect ourselves back to you help us Holy Spirit oh let it start today as soon as we say amen today let our words be words that edify you that lift you up that glorify you, that doesn't lift us up, that doesn't condemn other people, that doesn't speak out fear without counterbalancing with hope, without declaring what your word says that is the final yes and amen in our lives. God, control our tongues. And it starts by us spending time with you so that we can recognize your voice as you did with these two men. Do with us. Lord, as we're going through our day, come and meet us on our way and redirect us to what your word says, Jesus, like you did these two men. Let our hearts begin to burn within us like you did these two men. And let us respond like these two men did by telling others, I'm going to keep on singing. I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to keep on lifting my voice and let the world know Jesus saves. That's the good news. Help us, Father God, to get excited about you again like these two men did. And to stop looking at the stuff around us and keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We give you that, Lord Jesus. We give you our hearts today. We give you our fears today. We give you our tongues today. We give it over to you. If that's you today, just lift up your hands and say, Jesus, this message is for me. I need you to help me. I'm lifting my hands too. I'm joining along with you. Father, I yield to you my worries, my fears, my doubts. I yield to you my frustrations and my anger. I yield to you my pride and arrogance. I yield to you my insecurities. I yield to you everything that makes me talk about current events, other people, or myself. Forgive me for those three things, Lord God. And, and, and instead, Lord, help me to let, let the vast majority of the words that I say declare your goodness, declare your glory, declare your authority, declare your power, declare that you are the final word on these things. The world needs that good news. And Lord, we are the ones to express it. Father, we yield to our tongues. Let the word of God rise up in us and speak out from us. That's a now word. It's a powerful word. It's a two-edged sword word. It's a word of encouragement. It's a word of instruction. It's a word of admonishment. It's a word that comes from you, Lord God, that is final. It's a yes and amen from you. We stand upon your word today, Lord God. Help us to consume you, to commune with you every day that time that we spend so that that word becomes alive and it flows out from us in a natural way, in a supernatural way, in a lifestyle way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Transform us in your word today hallelujah with every eye closed and head bowed i want to give you an opportunity for those who are watching at home as well if you need jesus in your heart today if, man you come into this place and you have not ever asked jesus in your heart or maybe you have and you have backslidden and you know your relationship is not where it needs to be and you want to rededicate your life to the lord today lift up your hand and say pastor i want you to pray for me i want to say a prayer ask jesus to come into my heart lift up your hand put it right back down we'll pray together yes i see that hand anybody else Anybody else, just lift up your hand and put it right back down. We'll pray together. I just want to recommit my life. I need, I need Jesus in my heart. Christians, please pray. Everybody else, just pray. Lift up your hand and put it right back down. We'll pray together. I see one hand. Anybody else, quickly. Anybody else, quickly. Yeah, I see that hand. Anybody else? Okay, one person. Anybody else? Okay, I want us to all pray this prayer together. If you're at home this morning, as you're watching this, pray this prayer as well. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is God's Son, risen from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. He's done everything that he needs to do for our salvation. He's simply just saying, Now open up the door to your heart and let me come in. And that's what's going to happen right now as you pray this prayer with me. Everybody pray it out loud. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I come to you today with my sin. I lay it at your feet. Won't you take it? Forgive me. Wash me clean. Come into my heart. Purify me from within. Be the Lord of my life. I place my faith in you as my Savior and as my Lord. I thank you for shedding your blood for me. I am now cleansed from all my sin, and I'm a new creation in you, and restored back to right relationship with God the Father. Now, Jesus, I pray that you would just infuse each one of us with your power of your Holy Spirit, that we would be Spirit-filled, Spirit-empowered, Spirit-led men and women of God. Father, as we've had church, help us to go out and be the church as they gathered in the upper room, Lord God, and your Holy Spirit fell and they went out from that place and began to declare your greatness and your goodness to all generations, to all nationalities, to everybody that that, that was in their earshot. Father, help us by your Holy Spirit to do the same. Help us to not keep this good news inside of us and, and, and restrict it, but let us open up our mouths, Lord God, and speak out from us the good news of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, empower us to do this. Give us boldness, Lord God. Give us discernment, Lord God. Give us wisdom, Lord God. Give us the words to say, Lord God. Help us to be aware of the harvest field around us, I pray. And to take the time to invest in people. As we plant water that you'll bring the increase, we trust you with this. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for each one that made this decision today for you. May we all walk this out, not just that you're our Savior, but Lord, we invite you to be our Lord, to take the reins of our life, to order our steps, to guide us, that you would control everything that we say and do and think. Lord God, that you would transform us into the image of Christ. Every day, progressively becoming more like Jesus. We allow you to be our Lord today. We love you and thank you, Lord God, for your word today for this encouragement that you've given us. Go with us from this place. And may, Lord, may you bless us and keep us. May you make your face to shine shine upon us. May your grace go with us until we meet again next Sunday. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. And all God's people said amen.